On this episode of Comedy Rewind, is Home Alone the greatest Christmas comedy of the 90s? If this movie came out today, would the Wet Bandits have a litigation case against the McAllisters? Why was everybody so mean to Kevin? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and joining me, it's the Sticky Bandits, Jack Cruz, and from the Explosion Network, Ashley Hobley. How you doing? Hey, pretty good. How you going, Johnny? Oh, I'm just so honored to have your presence with us. You're, you're, Understandable. You watch more movies than anyone I know, you know? Yeah, probably at the moment. I feel like every time <laughs> I look up, there's like a movie stub Instagram post and... You've given up a night at the movies to podcast with us, so yeah, it's good to good to be here. Yeah, it, it, uh, I made sacrifices, so it's all right, Jenny. I appreciate you having me here. <laughs> we, we appreciate you. <laughs> and for yeah, for people who don't know, Ash is a, a co-founder of the Explosion Network, as is Jack, as am I. Uh, we are no longer affiliated, but Ash is running the ship with some of the other dudes over there, and you have your own kind of rewatch podcast or maybe it's not exactly rewatch but tell us a bit about what do you want to watch yeah what do you want to watch is our weekly uh fortnightly media podcast talk about tv movies online contents and then we have a segment each episode where we go back and watch something uh all of us together yeah, cool. because you know make sure we all have a point of discussion you know and usually it's stuff that i haven't watched so excellent yeah right tick off that afi top 100 list yeah try to well, you know, sometimes it's like bad stuff. What did you watch recently? What, what was the most recent one you had? We just watched Dragged Through Concrete, which came out this year, which isn't too bad. Oh, okay. Ever done Home Alone, actually? Not on the show, that's no. That's what we're here to talk about today. No. Yeah. But I do know that you're a big fan. Yeah, I was saving it just for this. That's one of the reasons I wanted you here. You're, you're someone that can equal my love for Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, definitely. Kieran Culkin <laughs> is the superior Culkin. I'll have you both know. Oh, I don't know. He's, he's had like what? Two good roles, three good roles. Dig- Digby goes down was a fantastic movie, and I love uh, it. Kieran Culkin's doing some things. I appreciate Kieran as well, and he's definitely doing more now. We'll get into that a bit later, but I guess we should also say Merry Christmas because by the time this goes out, it'll be like just around uh, our our holiday, our public holiday, and birth of our Lord and Savior. So apparently, shout out to Jesus once again. <laughs> shout, yeah. out and, uh, shout out to Jesus. Congrats on being born, <laughs> and happy holidays to everyone out there. So, and, and I guess. If we're plugging things, my book will have just come out recently too. So if you get to pick up the sequel to The Spy and the Maven, The Maven Effect is available now. You can hit me up on social media or head over to gum.co slash The Maven Effect. Make my Christmas by picking yourself up a gift for the stocking of a book. The power of the word, the gift of knowledge. (laughs) Uh, But enough about... You sold that. (laughs) You sold that. Buy a present for yourself. That's what we're saying this Christmas season. Exactly. We're talking about Home Alone. It's a 1990 American comedy film written and produced by John Hughes and directed by Chris Columbus. Depending on where you fall, possibly the greatest Christmas movie of all time. And uh, it was either going to be this or Jingle All The Way as far as comedy rewind goes for the 90s. And I, I think I picked the right one. Uh, that's the one with Arnie, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I think, and well... Sinbad. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, no, I think you probably nailed it as far as Christmas comedies go. When was Santa Claus? When did that come out? Oh, that was in the nineties. That is a, a good one, though. I reckon like that's better. Six-ish. I reckon that's better. I reckon Tim Allen okay, nailed that. Okay. Yeah. I think I think it's the better 
Christmas movie, maybe not the better comedy. Mm. Yeah, okay. Interesting. We'll get into that. I'm more of a Home Alone 2 guy. Like, yes. that was the movie I watched way more as a mm. kid. I love New York, and it might be partly because of that film, but I don't know. Rewatching this one, I, I still feel like the second one's a, the superior movie, and not, yeah. not many people... I, don't, I feel like that's, like, the lesser-held opinion, but you sound like you're in my camp, Ash. I am definitely in your camp. I mean, it's got the better gags. It's got the better... It's got the... Mm ability to build on the first film as well you got that cool talky thing that he gets at the start of the film mm. that everybody wanted that never actually that they actually had to <laughs> make you know oh really i didn't know that i just mm. feel like it's a better christmas movie as well they actually cares about christmas more this time yeah Whereas- true it's a bit more about the spirit of christmas yeah and yeah all that kind of thing yeah mm. no i agree then second one's- toy chest <laughs> second one's definitely better um yeah. than the first one and it also has a cameo from donald trump so that's something yeah <laughs> You also got like Macaulay Culkin two years or a year older at least, mm. which gives him a bit more in the in the tank as far as acting chops. But surprisingly, just a really talented kid. And yeah. I keep saying we'll get into that. But what are your personal memories and experiences with this movie? Is it something you remember watching as a really little kid? Was it something that you watched every Christmas? Like, tell me what uh, what you remember. I mean, it kind of blurs between the first and the second movie, but I feel mm. like they were constantly on during yeah, December yeah. in Australia. I, I don't know whether it's just a case of every network had the rights at the same time. They all just put it on <laughs> at different times. Unlikely, it seems. But it seems like it was constantly playing on television at the time. Um, and, I mean, it's just funny. Who who doesn't want to see Joe Pesci get and uh, Daniel Stone get smashed <laughs> in the face with stuff? I mean, yeah. <laughs> and just pl- thinking to yourself how you would plan to protect your house, I guess, in the case mm. of burglars. Um, yeah, very unsuccessful. I had a, I had a question like, did this ever happen to you? Did you ever get like left home alone and have to think like, what am I gonna do? No, I never uh, did. I don't but think I ever did. no, um, not to yeah, I reckon you would have had a few traps like lying around as a kid. Yeah, something like that. I just remember this being a movie where like you just wanted this to happen to you. Like you know, you wanted to get left at home. You wanted to have like free run of like everything and just be able to like eat whatever you wanted, mm. watch whatever you wanted, go to bed whenever you wanted. Like, you know, there were times as a kid, I think every kid has experienced that. We just wanted your whole family to just disappear. Um, I didn't have an older brother with the really cool like toy chest and like that sort of You're forbidden right. chest. Like I remember that was my like memory of the film was like, him being able to like go into like Buzz's room and get the the air rifle and open up the chest and get all the cool like toys and stuff out or whatever it was and so that was sort of my memory of it. I, I don't remember watching it. I mean, it was one of those movies I think everyone's seen like a heap of times. It was constantly on sort of circulation. You know, it was, like it felt like it would be on two or three times a year. Like I remember when we talked, we were on, we had talked about Happy Gilmore. Same kind of thing. Like it was just it felt like it was on all the time. At least, yeah few times a year not just christmas not yeah. just christmas yeah but yeah that was the, that was sort of the, the memory that jogged for me was just remembering as a kid watching this and being like man i used to wish that would happen to me <laughs> yeah it says something about your family maybe 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 <laughs> it's like yeah it, it does start off as like a, a childhood fantasy in a way mm. it's like wouldn't it be awesome to just like have the house to yourself and you can eat ice cream watch movies and yeah that's still the dream now <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Woo sliding around there's like adult versions of it risky business Mm. but yeah for me it's similar to what you guys have said already and i think it's pretty universal for every kid especially of our age you know that like we're all 30 in our 30s now so i can say Mm. that age range and yeah just being a force of nature this movie made so much money 
And I think it was probably by the time the second one came out that I caught on and kind of caught up with it because I was probably just, probably not too young to see it, but probably wasn't just going to the movies every couple of weeks or every couple of days like Ashley Hobley back then. Mm. Yep. Uh, For nearly three decades, actually, this movie was the highest grossing Christmas film of all time. It was knocked off by The Grinch in 2018, not even the Jim Carrey one. Oh, wow. The cartoon one. Yeah, I guess that's a sign of how much money movies make now. I don't really know. Yeah, possibly. It's it's interesting. Yeah, and it was filmed for like 18 million. It made 476 million, which even if you you adjust that for inflation almost 30 years ago, that's crazy, crazy numbers. Mm. Surely Die Hard made more than that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess... Uh, I, I wouldn't think so, actually. Yeah. Whoever wrote that line did, doesn't consider Die Hard a Christmas movie. Yeah. Nor do I. So, <laughs> wait for another day. <laughs> but, man, Macaulay Culkin's probably like the headline, like the news headline of this movie. It's not his first role. Uncle Buck was probably the first one that people would have seen. But this was definitely like his first starring uh, role. And yeah. the one that put him on the map... It's interesting looking at his career and there's probably no better place to discuss Mac than right here at the top of the episode. Between the ages of nine in this movie and 14, he did 10 movies and I feel like he's been living off that pretty much ever since he was 14. Like, he doesn't really do much anymore, but he still seems to be doing all right. So, shout out to to Mac. Residuals. Shout out to residuals. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Mac and residuals. What do you guys think about the career of Macaulay Culkin? Um, I just found like the thing that struck me the most about this watching this was just how actually how good he was, like how mm. how brilliant his acting was, mm. all his mannerisms, the way he would like just like, like his whole performance. I thought was was brilliant. I, I, I going into this, I was like, oh, this is going to be a bit cringy, like because it's kind of a kids movie, and mm. and like it's it's now nearly thirty years old, like this seven year old kid is like you know, the, the main character. I'm like, this is going to be bad, but his acting was probably the thing that held up the most, like how well he performed and um, just how well he spoke. and By himself, a lot of it too. Like he's just the only one on camera. He's talking to himself mm. and he's doing it in a way that, yeah, like most kid actors, you'd think like they couldn't do it. They really would have to find the right person. Really charism- charismatic for like a seven-year-old kid. Um, I mean, as far as... Nine, his, but yeah. Or whatever, yeah, whatever he was, nine, seven. <laughs> Um, even still, uh, as far as his career goes, I mean, like, I remember him being in, you know, this, the second one, My Girl, and then he was mm-hmm. in that one movie where he was like the bad kid, and then the good son, the good son, and that's pretty yeah. much all I remember of Macaulay Culkin's like acting career. Yeah. So I'll take you through his roles up in that stretch that I mentioned, and his earnings as well, because I find this quite interesting. Uncle Buck, forty grand. Pretty sweet for like a seven, eight year old kid. Yeah. Home Alone, he got a hundred thousand, and obviously that did so well that in My Girl, which came out the next year, one million dollars. Home Alone two, four point five million. <laughs> the Good Son was one point five million. Getting even with Dad, which is the uh, Ted Danson with a ponytail movie, eight million dollars, and then Richie Rich, eight million dollars oh, again. Richie Rich. That was basically when he called it quits after that, and did occasional things you know he still will cover his recent work a bit later but there's a just it was really was very occasional appearances yeah. in smaller roles 
that uh, didn't really like he, he he didn't want the spotlight. He didn't need it, obviously, mm. and he seems quite happy to be just chilling in Paris yep. now, living, hanging out with his friends, doing his like internet. He lives on the internet, like he does. He's got this website, and he, he seems to have a, a pretty sweet life. There was a time where he was like thrown around in the same breath of like all these other disastrous kid stars who got into drugs and all this stuff, but. He never really went that far off the deep end from what I could gather. He did get like arrested for carrying like I think marijuana or something like that seems pretty trivial now by comparison to mm. kind of his reputation. But he you know, he dated Mila Kunis for a while and he just always seems to be just having a, a good time. So I, I kinda wish that we got to see more from him just in the terms of what you said, Jack, about his potential at that age, how great he was. My girl was really the... Not my girl. The good son was the only dramatic role yeah. that we really got from him. Yeah. And it's kind of like what could have been if he didn't get burnt out or decide that he was over Hollywood. Ashley, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he had a pretty good run. I feel like those last couple of films, obviously he got some bad reviews, like critically. I believe he was up for a Razzie that year uh, for those films. So. Richie Rich. Richie Rich and the Page Master and stuff. So, um, oh yeah, I forgot the Page Master. Page Master, yeah, uh, that I one we did. Page Master. Page uh, <laughs> um, Master was dope. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's a, don't go back and watch it. Uh, oh really? <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, he probably didn't go as off the rails as some of the other child actor stars of that period. But I mean, he kind of I feel like he had a heroin ones. addiction at one point, didn't he? Like, wasn't that a thing that was bandied around? Maybe, Maybe I don't like- know. He was, and then there's also the Michael Jackson connection, which is. Uh, ah, yes. Harsh in hindsight and like kind of weird to think about, mm. um, especially given his age and that kind of thing. And then, you know, but then um, there's other stars who have taken breaks in that time period. The chick from Matilda just suddenly dropped from yeah. acting world after appearing She's in a done. bunch of stuff. So, I mean, nine, how many films in such a short period of time? Anyone would. Nobody yeah. in Hollywood does that many films exactly <laughs> anymore they, they just milked him for all he was worth and i think that was probably one of the issues that he had like a, a father that was you know almost like probably related a lot to michael jackson in the way that he was overworked as a young child and yeah you can mm-hmm. see the, the connections with that but i did find um a news story here saying of course when silly stuff is going on people were right to be worried but no i was not pounding six grand of heroin every month or whatever (laughs) (laughs) that thing that bugged me was tabloids wrapping it all in this weird guise of concern when they were just trying to sell newspapers but i remember hearing seth green like one of his good friends seth green and he's obviously done robot chicken and a bunch of voice acting work with seth and small appearances but hearing him on a podcast i think it was mark maron's wtf podcast and he asked him about macaulay culkin and he just said, Mac's doing all right. Like, you don't need to worry about him. And the way he said it, it, you could just hear in his voice, like, this dude is living a good life and he's perfectly fine. Like, compared to, I guess, the, the rumors and speculation that had been out there over the years. Well, I mean, if you hit the pinnacle with, like, a movie like Home Alone, which it was number one in the world for, like, mm. months, what else do you have to achieve, really? An Oscar, <laughs> maybe some critical acclaim, but... Didn't need it. Yeah. Just went off into the sunset. You hit the jackpot at the start, but it's all downhill, really. So, yeah. why bother going back? Yeah, you look at like someone like Haley Joel Osment, who would be, a, like a, I guess, a comparison for someone who had a lot of 
talent at that age and things just don't stay on the same trajectory really ever <laughs> unless you, and yet like drew barrymore is one of the only ones i can think of who has been as famous like, leo was a child actor He's leo was well. kind yeah. of a t- was he he was probably more kind of like he was more teenage-ish teen. yeah mark warburg that mark warburg r- did some like stuff. natalie portman would be the other one yeah, yeah. some of those um uh guys from the goonies definitely <clears throat> did all right sean astin and Elijah Wood, I guess there are a few, but none of them were as big as Macaulay Culkin. They weren't getting like Oscar nominations like Haley Joel Osment did. Who are all the people in Stand By Me? Um, Well, we know what happened to um, River Phoenix, Phoenix. but Jerry O'Connell was in Stand By Me. You had... Josh Brolin was in it, wasn't he? No. No, I don't think he was. I'm thinking of Goonies. Hold on. Kiefer Sutherland was in that, but he was the bad dude. Will Wheaton, River Phoenix, Corey Feldman and Jerry O'Connell. Good f***ing movie. Can we swear on this podcast, Jono? Yeah, I'm just bleeping them now. Okay, cool. <laughs> Which is all, it's all good. Stand by me. We should have done that. That's a good one. <laughs> it's an 80s. It's not very hilarious, I don't think, though. It's not. You're yeah. right. <laughs> anyway, uh, Macaulay Culkin is... Um, I really li- love his personality now. He's so sarcastic and he's so good on Twitter. He gets it. He like live tweets WWE events and he has like a really good sense of humor about himself and his work and like his status and everything and he just has seems to have a really good irony about life in general he, he has like this pizza underground band that he's in and he runs this website that's basically like a pop culture version of the onion so i, I think he's someone that despite everything he's been through and like it's hard to imagine someone being normal after that kind of childhood but he kind of just seems like a normal dude as far as huge celebrities go Mm. yeah we will move on to our first segment actually no i wanted to quickly look at the rotten tomatoes score what do you guys think this sits at if you had to guess like 50 yeah probably like a 60 or something like that 65 Hmm. good guess ash you win i got a couple of the critic comments here just to kind of set the tone uh the guy from entertainment weekly gave it a d criticizing the film's sadistic festival of adult bashing i like that one <laughs> wow okay boomer <laughs> yeah our dude roger ebert gave it two thumbs down and said the plot was too implausible to care about kevin <laughs> which i think is really harsh because this is a kid's movie and uh it definitely from my part it, i think it achieves what it attempts to do so i, f- I find that kind of uh a bit too analytical of a, a movie that's a Christmas movie and a kids movie. Yeah. Mm, yeah, maybe. Did you care about Kevin, Jack? Not particularly. Or did you um, think the plot was too implausible <laughs> to care about him? No, I mean, no, it wasn't so much that. Like, I guess, I don't know. Like this, this, I don't know whether we're going to get into this like later or how you want to. I just found like the whole thing. Yeah, like the implausibility of it was like. Straight away, I'm like, mm. I'm like, how do they even make this work? Like, how is this like a thing? Like, it was almost like, it was like the Happy Gilmore thing all, all over again. It's like, how the fuck does this old lady owe so much money to the tax man that he's going to take her house? <laughs> I, feel like, I was surprised how much they went out of their way to try and cover up some plot holes. Like, they did a lot of of work on that script to make it work. I think. Yeah, like the neighbor kid and the the tree, the the thing falling on the power lines yeah. and stuff. And, but yeah, I'm like, there's a lot of I setup. Just, yeah, I just, yeah, for me, I was, I'm like, come on, like, surely there's, 
like uh, like something like come on i don't know yeah it was a bit it was just a bit when it was a bit when you have five sense. kids you'll you'll realize that you'll easily forget one so <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely uh the number one song when this movie released in the u.s was love takes time by mariah carey and unchained melody by the righteous brothers for the australian release so mm. 1955 song song popularized by ghost had just come out and it was on the ghost soundtrack good song yeah shout out to but just before just before that uh groove is in the heart in australia was number one so great gives you a bit of an idea (laughs) of the uh the period of time we're talking about what have you done for me lately we've been talking about macaulay culkin I don't know if any of you guys watched the Angry Video Game Nerd on YouTube, but he did a really great video on there where he reprised, not his role as Kevin, but as the pizza delivery guy. And uh, they played through the um, Home Alone video games together. And he was kind of commentating as like Macaulay Culkin in disguise as the pizza guy. It's quite funny. It's definitely worth a watch. Joe Pesky. Oh, Pesci. Joe Pesci. Come on, Joe. Apologies to Joe Pesci. He retired in 1999, and he just came back to do The Irishman, Ooh, I've got to which watch that. just hit Netflix as of recording this. Have you watched that yet, Ashley? Not yet, but it's probably in like the next couple of days as of recording, so Fantastic. what do you want to watch to find out my thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I assume that will be on what do you want to watch very soon. Yep. Daniel Stern, aka Marv, who I always mm. found hilarious as a kid. and Great in still City Slickers. Very impressed with his performance, but yeah, City Slickers, it was a good time for daniel stern bushwhacked i think was another one he hasn't done much lately though he was in whip it which was like the last movie i remember seeing him in and kind of being surprised he was on an episode of judd apatow's love on netflix that tv series and he did game over man with those guys from workaholics oh, which yeah. came out oh I yeah it was right. last year but yeah yeah it gets a bit sadder from here john heard the dad. Oh, he died. This movie. He, he, he died a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. He was in The Sopranos. Yeah. A great character actor. Mm. Very, usually more, a, quite a serious, serious fellow in, in film. So mm. good to see him in this one. And Roberts Blossom as Marley, Kevin's elderly neighbor. He died in 2011. And you might not know him unless you're a real aficionado, but he's, his IMDb is really impressive. He was in The Great Gatsby. Not the Leo one, but the 1974 version. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Escape from Alcatraz, and The Last Temptation of Christ. All really big movies in their time and really well regarded. So he, he, I think he brought um, brought some of those chops to, to this role. It was It's a good role and I think we'll get to his part in this movie a bit later. The last person I wanted to mention was Catherine O'Hara. And I love her and she- Creek on um, Netflix, which is a great Canadian series with Eugene Levy and Daniel Levy, uh, Frank and Weenie. She does a lot of voice roles now. She's on the Adams Family movie that I think came out recently. Is this the mum? Yeah, this is this is the mum. Yeah, and where the wild things are. So she's done a lot of those Christopher Guest mockumentaries over the years with Eugene Levy and that crew. So if um if you're a fan of those style of movies, it's it's great to see her in Home Alone. Apparently Mac Colley Culkin still calls her mum when he sees her. Understandable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ashley, what is the most nineties moment of Home Alone? I feel like it's the VHS tapes. I mean that's that's incredibly nineties. Mm. It's all these old tapes of even older films. 
um, that you're constantly <laughs> yeah. watching on a giant CCTV. Yeah. And also, like, a black and white television in his, like, a small black and white TV. I mm. think it's black is and it white. A, is it a black and white TV or was he just watching a black and white movie? I don't know. I, I think he's probably watching yeah. a bunch of black and white TV movies, but... Fun fact, mm. that um, that movie, like, the Keep the Change of Filthy Animal, doesn't actually exist. Like, that was also yeah. faked yeah. For, for this... Um... Which is awesome, because it just feels like a real mm. thing, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. I had the similar Who's thing, Ashley, like... There's a moment where Marv and Harry are in the car talking about this neighborhood and how they're gonna get like all this, all these goods. And he's like listing it. He's like stereos, VCRs. Like <laughs> yeah. this is where the money's at. And you just think like, man, VCRs. Like how much are they going for on the black market? But I guess that was like the equivalent of I don't know laptops and or a HD Blu-ray players. Back then yeah. VCRs were expensive. They were like a few hundred bucks. Yeah. Those, mm. those were those were not cheap back in the day. What did you have for that one, Jack? Oh, I think the no, the media, the whole thing's ninety. Like it's hard to sort of pick one thing, but I think the way that like the whole thing plays out with the like the family leaving and mm. the not being able to get contact, like yeah. no landline phones, 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 yeah, pay phones, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like all of that, like you know. No, like no mobile phones, no email. Like I, I don't know. I think you have like a question, Jono, where like I'm just, I don't know if we're in, if I'm jumping ahead, but whether this could be done now. Like, oh no, I'll, I'll get I'll get to that. I'll get to that later. But no, I, I don't know. The whole <laughs> I think the communications part was the thing that that yeah. like was very nineties to me was just that like the you know the the phone call like the pay phones to the police station and then the then waiting for a call back and like not being able to call anyone and. Like the no mobile phones yeah. or Facebook or email they're or anything very, like that. They're very limited by the technology Correct. of the time yeah. as far as communications goes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You think now it'd be like find my friend or something. And yeah. Then just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every kid has like an iPad. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. will definitely cover that in the question of how would smartphones change the movie. But most iconic scene, Jack, is there a clear cut one for you? Oh, I think it's the whole the whole sequence of the the break in. The The burglary. Yeah, from yeah. the you know the like him shoot like from when it first begins when he shoots him in the nuts through the doggy door <laughs> to the all of the traps that he sets and I like I was watching this like oh like I most of the for the like I'll be honest, most of this movie was a bit of a snooze fest for me. Um but getting to that like that sequence I thought was really good. Like the uh it just like it reminded me of like watching as a kid and the visceral pain, like like you felt <laughs> you felt every knock, like the, the you probably burning... feel it more now because you've experienced <laughs> yeah things. exactly like the burning door handle and stepping on the the even like Marv stepping on yeah. or stepping on the nail was like that was like next level but stepping on the Christmas ornaments like that was so like it, it was done really well like I, I felt that like I was like oh no <laughs> like I've stepped on a Christmas <laughs> ornament and they do not tickle um, you know the like yeah just like all of the pain that was inflicted on them um like that it was just brilliant it was brilliant brilliantly done it's funny you say like that kind of woke you up in this movie because i think i enjoyed the movie generally but the scenes of those guys getting hurt there's just something visceral that makes mm. it funny we, like, we grew up in that jackass <laughs> that jackass yeah. era so i think we're sort of we like did. <laughs> but it's just jam. funny yeah like seeing people like slip over and like get mm. things thrown at their face and, yeah 
It's it's just funny. Yeah. I, it's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, it's very three. Sto- it was very three stooges, like the paint cans yeah. and the slipping over, and um, yeah, it's 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 like Looney Tunes, really. Yeah. Like there's like like I've got this book on the shelf here by Mick Foley, the wrestler, and he's it's he's kind of going to bat for the wrestling industry when people and parents were saying it was too violent. And there's a chapter in that where he compares it to Home Alone. <laughs> and like the, the things that happen in wrestling, like dudes getting hit with chairs and then they get up mm. and, and so unrealistic and it's teaching kids, you know, all this crap. And then you look at Home Alone, steps on a nail, gets a paint can thrown in his face, gets like six bricks on his head in the second one. Oh, it's so like, good. <laughs> from, from a third floor, from a third three-story building. And it's, it's ridiculous. But yeah, it's mm. Looney Tunes, it's cartoon. Mm. And, uh, Ashley, what was your most iconic scene? Because, I mean, like, good answer from Jack, but that's, like, it's hard to call it one scene because it's, like, yeah. it goes for kind of It just goes minutes. forever. I mean, I think there's more moments that are kind of iconic. Obviously, the mum screaming mm. Kevin. Like, that's a yeah. iconic moment. <laughs> are you, like, you can just think. Yeah, the unfortunate for any child called Kevin then on. <laughs> I mean, it, it constantly screaming it, but yeah. And then the, I mean, the aftershave moment. He does it twice, but... Mm. Like yeah. as soon as he adds it, just, why yeah. did he add do it again? That's what I thought too. I was like, did I accidentally rewind? Yeah, like, why no, I is this happening thing. again? Like, I'm like, why is he doing this again? Don't I just watch this? Yeah. yeah. And it, explain this to me like I'm an idiot, Jack. But mm. after does aftershave sting? Like that, that yeah, hasn't happened but to no, me. No, I don't no, understand. That's back in the day, experience. probably. That's real. Like I, I like yeah, like it does. It stings. It it really stings. Yeah. Absolutely. Is this because you've got like like I shave, but not sh- as much as yeah. other well, people? Yeah, you don't get I'm facial hair, so that's <laughs> well, like, yeah. So I, it- I shave my neck, right? Like that's and and my cheeks, but like obviously I have a beard. But yeah, like I spray mm. like cologne or like aftershave on my neck after shaving, and it yeah stings like for a good three four seconds. It's like right. it's like pouring alcohol on an open wound. Like that's what it's doing though. Like you're sterilizing yeah. the open wound. Yeah, right. Okay. So, yeah, see, I've never felt that real painful sting. Like, it's... Yeah. Not strong yeah. enough. I just still, I, as a kid, I was like, I'll understand this joke one you're day. You're spraying that Lynx body spray on. You're not getting anything. <laughs> yeah. I, use, I use cologne. I use cologne. Um, Jupe. But, yeah, that scene happening twice and another iconic scene happening twice. The Pizza Boy. Yeah. Ooh. Like, do, what, what do we call that movie? It's... Angels with Dirty Faces or something, the gangster oh, yeah. movie that he's yeah, watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he plays it back and the pizza boy thinks that he's getting shot at. He does the same gag with Marv a bit later. Mm. And it did strike me that they did these two scenes twice. But um, those were the ones, the three that we've all mentioned are the ones that struck out to me. Yeah, they kind of went to the well a couple of times, didn't they? I, I don't know whether that was intentional yeah. or they were just like, well, we need to pad this out. And, and that's- It feels a bit like padding. The art, especially the aftershave thing. Well, yeah. yeah. It's funny because it is the iconic image of the movie. The one that like Macaulay Culkin refuses to do that pose because people probably tried to make him do it every time yeah. they saw him. And people like parody it all the time. Yeah. That that was the other thing. Like for a kid's movie, like it's nearly two hours. Like I felt like it went real long. Like they could have cut a lot of that stuff. Was it? How hour, was it? it was like an yeah, hour It's 45. like an hour 48. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're not wrong there. Mm. So, what holds up the best? I, I first of all want to say the music is yes, so good. It like is the great. score mm. for this movie is iconic. 
Like I used it in the comedy rewind trailer. When they're getting ready and everyone's frantically rushing, it's it's so good that it makes you think. Like, is this like a classical music piece they've like lifted because there's no? Yes, that's that was like what I was constantly thinking. Oh, they just reworked some Christmas music to fit the movie. Yeah, like there's no copyright for it because it's from like 200 years ago. But no, it's like they wrote it for Home Alone, and it's no John Williams wrote it. John Williams of Jaws, Star Wars, Superman, crazy Indiana Jones. Love John Williams. It's great, yeah, and it brings the the smile to my face when I hear it too. And there is some crisp, like the Nutcracker um, music is playing at the in the opening titles, I think, mm. of the movie. So there is yeah. like that Christmassy music, but that was to me the thing that I think still holds up so well. But I had a couple others, but I'll let you guys say what did you think held up really well. Uh, obviously, the pranks still work brilliantly; yeah. they're still yeah. funny as. Well. <laughs> I just yeah. think Macaulay Culkin's just really good in this. I mean, playing yeah. like a smart-ass kind of kid as well. You know, at the start of the movie, he tells his mum to make him get out of the room when she's yeah, on the phone. Me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it. I feel like that's a character we've seen a lot of since this movie that maybe we didn't see prior. The yeah. smart-ass kid. The, who the Bart of, Simpsons type character. Yeah, so that I feel like that holds up yeah. great. And yeah. then, yeah, the music. Yeah, my, yeah, that was my answer. Like, Macaulay Culkin's acting, I thought, was... What's what hell? It just yeah. struck me straight away. I was like, "Oh, he's actually really good." Like, this isn't just like a fun movie that I remember from when I was a kid. It's actually really good. Like, he's brilliant in it. Um, and so that for me was like the thing that just struck me of like, yeah, this really holds up. Like, I felt the pacing was like, oh, like I would have had problems with the movie, but that was the thing for me that yeah. was I thought was the best. We'll get to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you're right like Mac is awesome I thought Daniel Stern and, and Pesci were like their performances were really good like yeah, they're just really funny yeah. they're, they're both just great characters like yeah. these the wet they're bandits. kind of yeah the wet bandits later mm. the sticky bandits mm. but the, the way that they're kind of smart in the way that they've found this location and it's just there for the taking but it all gets like unraveled by this kid and I don't know uh, the the way they talk to each other. They have really great chemistry, and it's we didn't know who Joe Pesci was when we watched this, but knowing him now, knowing Goodfellas, mm. knowing yeah, you know all it's, the, his it's body an of odd choice. Yeah, <laughs> it's an odd choice, but it's um it's funny. It makes it funnier knowing who he is, mm. and they both apparently didn't expect the movie to do well, so they decided to just ham up their performances, and I think that it worked oh, yeah. for the film yeah. pretty well and even as a kid I, I could identify that Joe Pesci was like swearing without swearing yeah, under, rachat, like, rachat, muttering rachat, to himself rachat, rachat. he's like <laughs> and he's like would have found it so hard to just hold back <laughs> those mm. F-bombs yeah mm. definitely apparently he was instructed to say fridge instead of the other F-word <laughs> which which F-word? <laughs> please uh, please tell us Johnny I'll just put in a, a beep sound here and then you'll think that I said something. Oh, um, wow, oh, Jono. Heinous. The other thing I thought really held up well was the whole message, and they do this in the second movie too, but about the scary neighbor yeah. being like this creepy serial killer, but actually he's a guy with a heart of gold and they have a really earnest conversation and they listen to each other and they obviously they come through for each other in the kind of climax of the movie, but... When he looks out the window and sees the neighbor reconnecting with his son, that's a really nice moment. And I thought that held up really well. It's not over the top corny and it adds a bit more 
to the movie. It adds a bit of heart, which is really important for something that's quite silly. Mm. Yeah. And just like the family or missing family. I mean, that's a common, a relatable thing, I feel like. And, and, mm. and uh, I guess monkey paw wishes, I guess, is that like, you know, oh, I wish my family was all gone. But then once you actually have it, you realize. Yeah. Yeah. What you had, yeah. Yeah, we've all been like, if we've ever been left home alone, we've been like lost or someone's been late to pick us up from something. And it's a, it can, it's a pretty scary feeling. I, yeah. I think, and I don't know <laughs> they really got that across until a certain point, like when when Kevin comes around and realizes that mm, maybe things are better with with parents. Mm. Maybe I don't think that maybe. they ever got to that point. Like I don't think he. I never felt like he was in danger. Like I was never like worried for him. He's just like eh, he's just going about his yeah. business, going shopping, running away from the cops. Like Does, doesn't lock the house up or anything. No, no, just goes, no. Just goes about his business. <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny. Maybe I'm yeah. It's more the second movie where he he visits the Christmas tree and and says like I miss my mom. I miss my mm. my dad. And no, he goes yeah, he goes to Santa and specifically asks Santa oh, to bring yeah, him back. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's the moment. Mm-hmm. Chris Farley apparently auditioned for that Santa. No, that would have been did dope. not get it. Been nope. Dope. We yeah. got unnamed person who never got went on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then John Candy is some other weird dude. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to Candy, but. Jack, yes. the moment you've been waiting for. Oh, yes. What holds up the worst? Oh, the whole thing. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, it's not a bad... I mean, it's not a bad movie. It's certainly not a good movie, in my opinion. Like, I just felt like it drags so lot. Like, it just goes forever. There's so much that they could have, like, cut out and padded down. and Like, it just it just goes on and on. Like, they, they go back to things, like, constantly. Like, the, the, old, the scary old man thing, like when he's buying the toothbrush like that whole sequence didn't have to happen like this like the whole thing with the shaving happening twice the pizza man happening twice mm. like all, all that stuff like i just felt like it went on and on and on and even like the santa scene like i get they needed that for uh you know no oh, i need my parents back but he could have easily just like prayed at the end of his bed and that would have been over in two seconds so there's <laughs> this long it's like he's preparing for like these guys to break in and then he leaves the house it's like I don't know. It just didn't make sense. Um, yeah. The other thing was how terrible his family are. Like, I know that was something I had. Like, why do they hate him so much? That was it. Was jarring <laughs> at the start of this movie. Yeah. It was just like they're just all so mean to like all of the kids. Like the girls, like they're what the French call. I was like, shut up, bitch. don't talk to him like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck are you? And like the this, and the cousin that they're gonna make him sleep with the cousin that wets the bed and and then like Kieran Culkin, Kieran Culkin. Well, yeah, Kieran Culkin, the the homie. And then, like, the uncle's like, look what you did, you little jerk. If that was, like, an uncle and said that to my kid, I'd be like, oh, hey, mother don't talk to my kid like that. Like, who the f-? And, like, his brother, like, eating his pizza and, like, spitting it out. Mm. And, like, they were just all... Like, he did nothing wrong. Like, they were just all being yeah. terrible to him. I'm like, why are you all being so mean to this kid? Like... I don't get it either. You all deserve he, and to be, like, this this terrible thing, thing is, to happen to you. He literally spilt some milk. Like, there's an expression about crying over spilled milk. Yeah. That's what he does. And everyone just turns at him like he He's farted like, in church or something. Yeah. It's- yeah, they were just nasty. Like, really. And then even the mum. Like, I was like, oh, the mum will be sweet about it. She'd be like, oh, yeah. But then she's just like, get up there. Like, you get up into the basement. Like, sleep in the basement kind of thing. Like, the attic, yeah. What the hell is yeah. this? Like, opposite. This is your son. Like, who the hell are these people? You're all terrible. Like, they all deserve terrible things to happen <laughs> to them. And, like, 
There's, it's like, what is this? Like, this is this house. It's got heaps of mannequins and stuff. Yeah. In it. It's just, it's just the most bizarre, bizarrely constructed home the I've ever seen. Cutout. It's just so. It's like a weird. It's like a. It's like a ho- it's like a hotel slash it is like a huge. Fucking it makes no sense why weird. they have that house. It is. Huge. I mean, with five kids, it's I understand a- why you need such a big house. I know. There's like why do they have a laundry chute in the kitchen? There's like seventeen bedrooms. <laughs> A laundry chute. Yeah, he's got a laundry and like the massive like heater in the mm. basement. Just like and then the attic as well. I'm like, I'm like, why are there so many mannequins? Yeah. <laughs> it's a real going? house. It, um, yeah. I mean, obviously there's there's the exterior shots, but the house was listed for sale about eight years ago, and it sold for one point five eight million, which doesn't sound like that much money for a house that looks incredibly big in Chicago. It must be old mm. as hell now, like. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you about the that opening scene, Jack. Just because how they don't really paint Kevin as this like troublemaker the way that I think we're meant to think he is. Like he doesn't really mm. do anything bad. He like in the second movie, you can kind of see like he shoves Buzz and ruins the like choir scene, Christmas and, pageant. Yeah, yeah, the Christmas pageant. Spoilers. But yeah, the strangest thing about that whole thing was. Joe Pesci just chilling in the foyer of the house yeah. for like half an hour. He's just, it's just, there's a cop yeah. who just goes into a house without an adult letting him in. And he's just talking to everyone and nobody seems to think it's weird. They're just like walking past him. And then when yeah. he finally tracks down. No, none of the kids are like, hold on, I'll get, a, a, yeah, I'll no, get an adult. They're, not, no, like, they're all just like, they're not impressed. They're not intimidated. There's just a cop here. When he finally does get the dad, the dad's just like, oh, hello, cop. Yeah, we put installed some security. Are you literally walking into every house in the neighborhood? Like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we we've got automatic lights and we lock our doors. What else can you? <laughs> what else can you do? Store a security alarm. You know, we'll actually yeah. lock the doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. If, if I just walked out of this podcast and there was a cop at the front of the house, I'd be like, you'd have a couple more questions. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have a lot of questions. But I guess it's it, it speaks to mm. how chaotic that house is. That was actually something that I did relate to is my family Christmases growing up were always at my grandparents' house and they did have a really big house and everyone would come together and yeah. everyone's running around on Christmas Day and it's quite hectic. Not in a bad way like it is for Kevin, but uh, Ashley, what holds up the worst? <sighs> yeah, I guess that opening scene. I mean, I can understand why it's like so harsh. It's like to make Kevin justified in, in wanting his family to disappear. Um, mm. but I, I think overall it's pretty mm. good. I think it is a little bit slow towards the first half. I think that might just be because we're older and we know, or it's not fresh and we know what happens at the second half. And that's kind of what we want to get to yeah. seeing Joe Pesci and Daniel mm. Stone get smashed constantly. <laughs> uh, so it, it's like a, yeah. a slow build to that. Um, but I can, uh, you can slow, see yeah. the build, the story points they're trying to weave throughout the whole start of the film and like, mm. Trying to make it more than just a slapstick comedy, so I, I think yeah, it's pretty I think good. The second movie, mm-hmm. the second movie does better at pacing that out, where there's like action all the way through, where yeah. he's like trying to like. There's a scene where he has to escape from the bandits in the middle of the movie, and then he's like escaping from the hotel staff. Yeah, he's and, pulling yeah, gags it, on them and stuff. There's, yeah. a, there's a bit more, but there was one moment also that I mm. thought was ridiculous, where they say we only have 45 minutes to get to the, to, the, to our flight. Yeah, I'm like, you have to check in like two hours before. They're flying international and they're 
driving yeah. in Chicago. Like I've been to the Chicago airport and I got there like an hour early and I still missed my flight. And it's a whole story that I won't mm. get into, but that made me just think there's no way you're catching that flight yeah. to France, buddy. I don't know. I, I think <laughs> it's the American thing as well. It's yeah. like, don't they have like set seats and that kind of thing? Isn't that a thing? They had first class seats. <laughs> then you would definitely notice that somebody's missing. Yeah, there'd be yeah. like an empty seat next to um, one of them on the plane. That's the other thing I was going to say is Jack, as a parent, how horrified would you be at the concept of somebody being able to forget one of their kids? <laughs> oh, it's negligible. Like, they, like they, when they're like, when she's like, I'm a terrible parent, everyone's like, no, no, no. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, you are horrible. Like, that is terrible. You just, you just forgot one mm. of your children it's um, kind of like did they forget yeah. him or in such a big group did they just overlook that one yeah. of them was missing what I was guess? up with that stupid well, kid got, from across the road the why did he show up at somebody's house yeah the neighbor kid came over and he got like counted <laughs> you know to kevin like. and like he was going with it. and that kid is going through yeah. all their luggage like, who is this guy and then like there's like at the start when he's cleaning the milk like kevin's Ticket. um passport yeah. gets thrown in the trash and stuff like that so and it, with his ticket so like some you know um some co- questionable yes. coincidences that that go on that, that sort of allow them to get to this point but um yeah it's pretty horrifying like, yeah to, even if you have that many kids like that kid the, the neighbor kid that comes in and he's asking all the questions I was talk. I was watching it with Hannah. And I was like, "Why is this kid here? Like, where are they going with this?" And then it clicked. I remembered. Oh, they did the head count, and he gets included. So they mm. kind of did try to address all these. You know, they tried to set everything up. And yeah, I guess it. I, I guess mm. it works. But yeah, I mean, it's hard to watch something like this and wonder: Are we just adults watching a kids' movie? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, definitely. Yeah, maybe. Who would be the most offended? Maybe. if not parents by this film if it came out now oh. robbers <laughs> me robbers <laughs> robbers I kind of went down that path with the whole like yeah. litigation thing and OH&S and the way that yeah, we've definitely. heard people talk about public liability and like burglars being able to sue for like breaking like stabbing themselves on glass as they tried to smash through someone's window like I'm sure there'd be a lawyer watching this going Take that family to town. Despite these guys breaking into your house, awesome, like yeah. you are breaking the law by just the technicalities of, of you know, hurt, harming these people before they've entered your property and that kind of thing. Like, Yeah, it's an odd one. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it raises a bunch of questions that should you be justified in beating somebody up for entering your home and that kind of thing. So. Yeah, true. I mean, true. It, it was self-defense. It was all self-defense. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because it was premeditated, so... Yeah. In a court of law, I don't know that that self-defense would uh, would hold up. This ties into what holds up the worst, but is there a reason he didn't call the police? Can we think of any reason why the police weren't involved? Phones weren't working. But they were, because he, uh, he went he to the neighbor's the house. I mean, he, called I mean he did go outside his house, so... <laughs> yeah. 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 He could have easily, like, yeah, contacted mm. the police. Like, he went to the shops and stuff, like... Also, the cop, the cops turning up to his house... Him when his parents asked them yeah. to and just being like Whoop. get him to check again get, yeah. looks like there's nobody here I'm <laughs> leaving I don't know maybe yeah that's not what a police officer because he shoplifted earlier in the movie maybe he's like oh, I don't want to go to any police mm, that would be maybe Ash maybe if, a maybe small rationale kid rationale maybe okay you know? okay okay yeah yeah true true yeah mm. there we go we just fixed the plot hole yeah he's go to jail for that toothbrush no. you know <laughs> yeah true that's true. Does uh, Home Alone pass the internet relevancy test via GIFs and so. memes? I'd say, I'd say yes. I think we see yeah. enough 
Macaulay Culkin like eyebrow raising and different kind of screaming (laughs) screaming the one meme that sort of popped into my head with this there's a meme going around it's like does anyone ever question what um kevin's dad did to own this massive (laughs) house like that was that's like that's one i've seen about and then the um the follow-up like there's a follow-up meme to that with that like the meme that that meme at the top and then down the bottom is him as the crooked cop in the sopranos (laughs) yeah so like yeah that's how so that was the only thing I could think of, really. There's the reaction where he's, like, screaming and runs up the stairs and he, like, runs straight up to the camera and then he turns around mm. and runs away. Like, you see that all the time. But, yeah, I think yeah. that mm. Home Alone uh, has lived on in that format. Well enough. Yeah. Well enough, yeah. So, we were talking about this a bit before, Jack. How would smartphones and mm. social media change this movie? This movie would be over before it started. I'll give you... I'll tell you why, Jono. Because none of these people's alarms would have been <laughs> yeah. on anything other than their phones. Said, Even yeah. if the power went Sleeping out, in. their alarms would still would have gone off. It would have gone over. Everything would have been fine. Like, oh, shit, the power went out. We slept in. We'll deal with that when we get home. Yeah. We have to reset the clocks. No. It would, everyone would have had their, their iPhones and their phones would have, alarms mm-hmm. would have gone off. Even if, like... Even if for some... Some reason they didn't charge their phones. Yeah. And they did wake up late and they left him and they went to the... It's like you would be like them like trying to get onto people back home would be like the first thing you do wouldn't be make a phone call. You'd be like jump on Facebook. Mm. Holy shit, we left Kevin at home. Can someone please yeah. rouse around to our house? Aunt Gladys from like three towns over is like, oh, sh-. or you know, the guy you work with, yeah. or anyone would be like, oh, shit, yeah, go over and be like knock on the door. <laughs> like, you know, all good, yeah, all good, yeah, Kevin's with us. He's going to stay with us. You guys all sweet. Oh, we'll get the next place. Like, it'd have been done. Mm. It'd been over. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, that would not happen. I think that Kevin <laughs> would have woken up. And he would have, like, I know he's young, but I think he would have got on, like, an iPad and looked at Facebook or Instagram or something and been like, oh, everyone's at the airport. Maybe I should message them. You left me at home. Or just, yeah. you know, <laughs> call, or just, you know, find a way to call them. Yeah. FaceTime. Like, there's so many ways to track people down. Like, parents use find my friends to track down their kids. And mm. you can, mm-hmm. like, police would have so many more ways to, to see what this kid's up to. Yeah, it, it's pretty clear that social media would uh, definitely have dissolved all of those issues. Probably even getting a plane back, you like it. You like <laughs> put out a Twitter post. Oh, I left my kid at home. I can't get a plane back. Goes viral. Suddenly goes yeah. viral, and then they five thousand retweets. Stick you on a plane back to Chicago. So it's super easy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. You'd or you get into the the, get into the DMs of like the you know American Airlines being like, yeah. sort me <laughs> out. Put me into the in luggage storage, yeah. The whole thing would go viral as well. It'd be like on the Daily Mail. Terrible family leaves a child at home in America, like in Chicago. Yeah. Like it'd be crazy. Like, it'd just it'd yeah. be a whole thing, yeah. And yeah. and, and yeah. then the robbers it'd as well. A, yeah. They get beat up by some kid. There'll be internet sensations yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 It would be like the you know the Thailand caves kind of situation where everyone's following it, and then the the rights are sold to it to make a movie, and then we end up back here again. <laughs> we get home alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could you make this movie in 2019? And what would that version be? So what? They're going to try. Are they yeah. really? Yeah, they're working on Disney a six. It's announced plans to reboot the franchise on Disney Plus. Yep. So, huh? There you go. What did yeah, you say? I mean, a six, sure Ashley? Did you say a six? There, there, there's already been five Home Alone movies to date. Yeah, there's been five. Yeah, I didn't know there was more than three. Jeez. Yeah, they they. Yeah. I saw the third one in cinemas seen, and then think... after that we're like director DVD films, yeah. so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're all terrible. Yeah. Never watched the third. You're not missing much. Um, <laughs> no. No. I, I don't know, like... Scott Scarlett, you got your hands in, which is weird. Ooh. But other than that, yeah. yeah. 
like teenage yes. Scarlet? Yeah, teen Scarlet. Or, yeah. Like, yeah. Is she a, okay? Yeah, I was gonna say is she a criminal. No, she's just this stuff. So, yeah, I, I think there'd be a lot of creative uh, reasoning as to why <laughs> the kid is alone in a house. Mm. Yeah, It'd be like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it, for me, it'd be like it'd have to be something a bit more like plausible than yeah, getting left alone. Like something to do with like number like number two is like you know because he gets on the wrong flight or whatever and he mm-hmm. goes they go like completely separate ways and it's like where do we, where do we find him oh. so it'd be something like that yeah like you, you could make it there'll be some way but it wouldn't be like you couldn't make this movie like you couldn't be you couldn't make left the kid at home alone in 2019 mm. like it's just it's, it's not possible not unless you're Amish yeah <laughs> well yeah that's yeah. true yeah that's a good point yeah it could be like you have a they organize the babysitter, but then there's like a miscommunication and like they don't turn up or something, you know. I think it's possible. No, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's the thing. Hire me, Disney. I'll I'll make it work for you. <laughs> Here's some useless trivia. Apparently there's a movie a French movie that came out the year before this, which was a horror thriller, but it was known as Deadly Games Dial Code Santa Claus Game Over. And uh they accused Home Alone of ripping it off because it was about a kid who has to defend his house from criminals with his like elderly grandfather like you know out of out of his wits or whatever he's like in bed in in like bedridden and that apparently came out just the year before but seems a bit more huh. mature a little bit the horror thriller <laughs> Yeah, maybe. It's one of those it's one of those like uh they they definitely tried to sue and probably lost. For the role of Harry, apparently Robert De Niro and John Lovitz were considered. It would have been very different. Mm. Mike, Michael Richards, aka Kramer, and Christopher Lloyd were considered for the role of Marv, but both too busy huh. with other projects. Right. Right there. Imagine Robert De Niro and uh Christopher Lloyd in those two roles. <laughs> oh. Oh. <gasps> wow. A lot slower. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Steve Buscemi, Sparkplug Award. Steve Buscemi. A real Sparkplug. We have a new jingle for this, which people will be hearing. Who do we give the Sparkplug Award? This is for people who can't come onto the screen and light it up for a short amount of time. The nominees, I've got uh, Larry Hankin, who plays the cop with the donut in the... Uh, mm. In the... In the... the yeah. What do you call it? Well, I guess he's in the police station. Yeah. I love him. He's a great character actor. We know him from Breaking Bad. We know him from Friends and from Billy Madison. Yep. This is the second time he's come up on this podcast. Kieran Culkin, I just wanted to give a shout out for being such a great Culkin. <laughs> Jack has already mentioned. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got expressive eyes as he's drinking that Coke, uh, Pepsi. Yeah, he does. He does, yeah. This was probably his first movie as well, as Fuller. Mm. And uh, yeah, I wish he did a little bit more to give him this award, but I think that the front runner has got to be John Candy. He improvised all his lines in this movie and apparently worked for free. Yeah, I think he, the story is he worked for like... Really? That's even legal. Yeah, he worked for like day rate. Like the base minimum right. okay. as like a favour to John Hughes. Okay. So the, and apparently they worked yeah. him for 23 hours. <laughs> they got the most... Back- <laughs> he doesn't have that much to do, wow. No. But it's quite funny. R.I.P. Yeah, definitely. It, I, I did enjoy his kind of like trying to impress the mum yeah. with all of his poker hits and she's just like, like oh, yeah, you I have no idea what you're poker? talking about. Poker, poker, it's okay, you haven't heard of us? Poker, poker. poker, poker. 
Yeah, I think you have to give it to John Candy, just purely for the fact it's John Candy. Yeah. Like, I, I think um, the guy in the police station was probably funnier. Um, like that, that, that bit made me laugh. They going like back and forth between yeah. like the, yeah. the two things, and he's like, he's like, if is there, is anyone domestically attacked the child? Is there a drug or alcohol? She's like, no, he's lost, and he's like, send it back to you. Um, There's a part where he's eating the donut, and I think it falls on like the receiver. It falls the on the phone. receiver, and it just stays there. It's it, perfect. It's, I can't have been intentional, but it's so yeah. good because yeah. he like doesn't even pick it up. He just like lets it sit there. Yeah, um, I think. Um, yeah, I think you have to give it to John Candy just purely from it being John yeah, Candy because John Candy a legend. Yeah, definitely. I remember seeing him in this movie even as a kid and recognizing like he's a star. Like I've seen him in other stuff, mm. and he mm. really comes into this movie and just I think he's batting one hundred. Like he he's quite funny. He's not like a hilarious zany character, but it's an understated performance. Mm. He's just been John Candy. Yeah. yeah. What do you reckon, Ash? Yeah, easily John Candy. Yeah. Congratulations, John. You are the Steve Buscemi Spark Plug Award winner. R.I.P. Last question before we wrap things up. Is Home Alone still a good movie? Jack says no. Yeah, it's no And for me. Ashley says... Yes. Yes, it is still a good movie. Yes. It's not a bad movie, but I don't think it's great. Question is good. Is it, is it a good Christmas <laughs> movie, Jack? <laughs> it's a... Uh, yeah, it's a good Christmas movie. Yeah. But not a lot of, there's not a lot of good Christmas <laughs> movies, so it's like, you know... It's I think it's a good that. Christmas movie for a few reasons. Like, it's got a a good message, a Christmassy message about family and, you know, not judging people and that kind yeah. of thing. And assault. Uh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> Protecting your home from invaders. That's, that's a good message. Mm. Uh, it's very Christmassy, like, themed. Like, they use a lot of reds and greens and there's obviously, you know, a lot of snow and everything. Yeah. It's just it just feels like Christmas. Like when you watch this, it's hard not to think of those holidays and you know take you back to being a kid and and, and, and wishing you were somewhere where it actually snowed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, that's it for comedy rewind. Keep those iTunes reviews coming. Obviously, they go a long way to helping get the word out there. Getting the uh, iTunes. I don't know if people still use iTunes. It doesn't really. I think exist it's Apple Podcasts anymore, now. We, yeah, Apple Podcasts. We still want your iTunes ratings and reviews, regardless. <laughs> I just want them. I'm like the Grinch who stole Christmas, but I want your your iTunes reviews instead of the presents. I don't know if that's a correct analogy. Okay, I, I haven't seen the Grinch. Okay, you're not really stealing people's reviews. You're receiving them. So well, I just want them badly. Is that enough for you, Ashley? That's fine. Is that yeah. Okay? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I got to thank our 8-Bit Patreon producers. We are, of course, the podcast of the 8-Bit Collective and your uh, pledges and support over at patreon.com slash we8bit keep the emotional lights going. They help us pay for some of our hosting fees. So if you're inclined to support the show, that's a great way to do it. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Let us know where Home Alone ranks for you amongst the great Christmas comedies of the 90s. Others including Home Alone 2 and Jingle All The Way. Santa Claus. Santa yeah. Claus. I think there's a Santa Claus 2, I think. I don't know if Tim Allen's involved. Yeah, there is a Santa Claus 2. Come... He's definitely involved. He is. Yeah. yeah. On yeah, Disney+. Plus. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Is it in the 90s though? Mm, I don't know. Probably. Also, shout out to I'll Be Home For Christmas. 
with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yes, with Jonathan JTT. Yeah, yeah Macaulay that's Culkin's that's true a, enemy. A good cut. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to uh, successor Inglorious Bastards, the one true Christmas. Don't know. I don't think that's Christmas <laughs> oh, related yeah. at all. Only a few people will get that, Jack. But <laughs> anyway, uh, you can let us know what you thought of the episode end of Home Alone on social media Ashley where can people find you you can find me on Twitter at Ashley Hobley A-S-H-L-E-Y-H-O-B-L-E-Y it's still a thing it's a thing still a thing Uh, Jack Uh, you can find me everywhere at Cruzy underscore mate and you can find me at Jono himself thank you dear listeners for joining us on Comedy Rewind as always be kind and have a Merry Christmas you filthy animals